Yo, yo, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, Dr. Tim Rivoto in the house, except that's not my name, but too bad, so sad. Tim, what's up? My name. What's going on, man? Nothing. It's my name. We got a very special, special guest. Special guest, yes. The Welcome one, the to... only top yeah. 50. Top 50 yeah. as of this week. Yeah, Mr. Top 50. Repeat customer now. There we go. We got Coach Kevin uh, Duffy. What's going time. on, my man? A uh, lot. Running around. I mean, you know the drill. Coaching. Uh, today, we uh, it's clearly spring is coming in New England. I had uh, eight clients in a row. I, my Fridays, I like to run it machine gun style. So we went from six to about 1.30 and done. So There you go. We did eight, Everyone, we did eight today. Everyone's putting the work in. Love it. Yeah. Or playing catch-up. My favorite game, play catch up. <laughs> that's that's a, what they're doing at the players too. They're playing catch up. That's shit. That I need Colin Morikawa to do well in soft turf. That's what we need. It's a fair point. It's a fair <laughs> point. Yeah, the players is a disaster right now. I am ten minutes away, and it is actually the rain is eh right now. It's raining. It hasn't stopped since since this morning they haven't had the thunderstorms today like we were supposed to have but it's pretty muggy tomorrow i think they're going to get slapped in the morning and then hopefully by the afternoon it'll clear up sunday and monday are going to be beautiful but cold and windy so we'll see what happens more carnage i hope there is carnage right now they're just freaking fishing in barrels yeah i mean it's got to be so wet but it's going to be soft and people are going to throw darts it's going to i think look, look for the low scores low low scores however if it is as windy as it's supposed to be they're talking like 20 to 40 mile per hour gusts that changes a whole lot of that course yeah that's true that's true we'll see what and it's windy dude like you gotta remember that that's right off the ocean or close enough to the ocean that it gives you wind like across the street where we are or where one of the clubs is at sawgrass country club like one of those holes like you're just feeling wind just smack you in the face the whole time it does cross the street like it does get real windy did you uh duffy did you see where jordan spieth hit two today on 17 we were just talking about this before you jumped on yeah i saw a recap in the recap clip that i saw they kept showing his shot over and over again so i was like for a second i was like why would you not be able to play off that i know I thought the same thing. I thought he took like four rips from the tee and he landed there every time. Yeah, yeah, they just re- they just kept reshowing the angle. It, it threw me for a loop. Uh, and I was actually, I was DMing today because of the top 50 came out. Well, top 50 came out a few days ago, but we all just found out about it. But I was DMing with uh, his physio because he does some of the nominations and stuff like that. And I asked, um, you know, not about Jordan's. Hey, did you see Jordan shot? I did not ask a stupid question like that. But I asked, hey, if if, if you're on site today, uh, uh, I hope you have, you know, your weather gear. And he said, yeah, you know, I do. And, and then I started plug and play. I was like, hey, you coming to the open? Because it's in my backyard. And we, uh, dinner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I love no. it. Actually, we should get both of you down here to my neck of the woods because it's warm and there's sunshine 90% of the time. I mean, it's currently sunny outside and not raining here, so we're one up. Mm, temperature? Yeah. Temperature, please. 50. I was wearing, I was wearing shorts because I'm a tough New Englander. Yeah. Dude, my uh, cold plunge finally thawed out in the backyard, so this week I've been able to cold plunge every day, but it's so it's 50 degrees. It's Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Your cold plunge finally thawed out. It's a cold plunge. So it was no, ice froze. Yeah, it froze solid. Because it was cold like two weeks ago. It was like 16 for a couple days and it froze solid. Like even the little heater inside couldn't keep up. It just froze. I'm in with cold plunges. I'm in with ice baths. Don't talk me into cold shower. Like these cold shower challenges. I have very few things that generally make me feel warm and cozy in this world. My warm showers are one of them. I, I know the benefits. I read the articles. I understand. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Dude, when people ask me why I cold plunge, I'm like, because it feels like you're going to die and then you don't. So then you feel pretty good the rest of the day. I, I don't want to hear any other bullshit about like uh, brown fat and all this crazy shit. Just you like it because it feels shitty and then you feel good after. That's it. 
I still, I still not doing it unless I'm doing it two a day. So, yeah, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, let's talk about that, dude. Because you and Jackson have that in common. You guys both played uh, college football, right? You played where Westfield? Yeah, I played Southern Connecticut for a year. Uh, then I realized that that school was not for me. And you know, when you go for football and school, and then the football is the only thing keeping you there. It's, I transferred to Division Three after that, Westfield State, and the linemen are much easier to deal with there. It was, it was a smaller school. I, I liked it better, so it was a good. I made the right call. I went for exercise science at both both places, but it was a good good call to make a transfer to a small school. Fun fact: took anatomy at Southern Connecticut. Ah, I, I took yeah, I took no, I, yeah, anatomy one or whatever, and then I had to yeah, do Wesleyan anatomy. didn't offer anatomy because I won't, I'm not even going to go into that rant. No, Wesley's Wesleyan's like was part of school, then a full school, and then football program got it messy, and that was a whole deal over there, wasn't it? Wesleyan? Yeah. No. We no. had a pretty normal we had a pretty normal run of things. They've had football that's got the oldest football field in the country. What am I confusing with? Isn't Wesleyan right next to Northeastern? No, that's Wellesley. No, that's Wellesley. That's Wellesley. The the former all girls school. Wesleyan. Wesleyan. Wesleyan's in Middletown, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, okay. yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Shout out to anybody who knows where Wesleyan University is, but you know, <laughs> if everybody else screw off, that's fine. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Glad. It's fine. Don't worry I about it. I thought it was in Pennsylvania, dude. So I'm on the same. I mean, really but there. okay. So we are in the same conference as Tufts. Okay. Got I, it. There Perfect. you go. The Jumbos. Too many good jokes to use about that. I'll leave them all to you. All fantastic. We used to go to their basketball games and we'd have these giant signs that were top notch. Top. What, was, what was the uh, what was the transfer to uh, from football to golf for you? Oh well, that was about. Well, football was just undergrad, so I had never touched a golf club. My godfather's a very good golfer, but I never really went out with him. My dad tried to golf. And that basically turned into him cussing and throwing clubs into the water. So that didn't really help me as a kid. So I never really was interested in it. Uh, got out of football in undergrad, went to uh, or ended up moving down here, going to grad school down at the University of St. Augustine and started competing in powerlifting and weightlifting. Competed in weightlifting first and then switched over to powerlifting. Did that for probably six-ish years. And then towards the end of that, right before I got out of grad school, um, I mean, we went out and played golf a few times. I was like, yeah, I kind of like this. And then kind of dug into it a little bit more. And then 2020 really was the year where I was like, there is a giant gap in good education, knowledge, training for golfers. And I got, somebody's got to fill it. So I was like, the more the merrier, it's time to figure this out. So for me, that was the big transition because it's one of the few sports. I'll include tennis to a point. Um, especially because I'm more around it now that the everything is just old like it's outdated information it's also not a big part of people's programs like I've seen plenty of kids who are just like 15 16 years old that have never seen a weight room which is funny to say in today's day and age because we've got local high schools where they've got a strength coach from the time they're like in sixth grade but the golfers don't seem to be going all the other kids are going I feel like around here they are oh they are yeah. 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 I've got some, some that are, but a lot are just like, let me put it like to you like this. They're traveling all year long. Like some of these kids are doing like the whole sports specialization thing where they are golf, 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 no time to do anything, yeah. golf some more. And it's funny because there's a lot of education. I just gave a talk a couple of weeks back to a group of parents on this about sports specialization. Specifically, it was for tennis and uh, kids playing tennis and kids playing golf. And I was just like, this is just, all of this information is available to all of the other sports and maybe it is to golf, but maybe they just need a little bit more. Uh, maybe you guys might not see that, but to me, there is still a huge gap in the information provided to golfers about fitness, performance, how to train. It's mostly myths to me. Like most of the time when I'm talking to people, it's like not debunking. It's like kindly swaying them to learn that the way they're thinking isn't actually helping them. It just feel like there's a lot of like crap and shit you've got to rummage through to make it work. Yeah, I I, I can I can't speak for Tim here, but I haven't I haven't uh, I seem to be getting a little bit more of an educated crowd. Um, 
in the uh, department of this will help them. I think it's a little bit more prevalent because we have an off season here. Um, but, um, you know, for example, I had 14 high school kids training last night. So that, I mean, also could be surrounded just by the kids that get it. But in our area, it's pretty prevalent because uh, prevalent. Sorry, the like prevalent. It's a good new, good new word. Word, Try it out. word of the day, prevalent. Is that the kids that we're working with? Uh, their competition is either training or is bigger or stronger or playing other sports that's carrying over. Um, obviously, in New England, we play other sports during different seasons because it's very obvious to do. Um, it's very difficult to play golf. And your mom or dad is most likely not going to build a simulator in your, your garage for you to play 18 holes. So that's there are that there are those people, but it's few and far between. Yeah, I think up up here in general, all the sports are doing it. Like I, I mean, growing up, I went to Mike Boyle when I was in sixth grade, just because like I was playing basketball, running. It was just like that's what you do because you got to get. I was a small kid, you got to get bigger, stronger. So I think up here, like I, I don't know. I don't know if it's Boston and like met, having a good medical base, but we have a lot of uh, a lot of high school athletes in all the sports. All pretty much get it, which is good. Yeah, yeah. and I, and it's also come to you know be mindful that I'm seeing a very specific niched group. Yeah, that has you know it's it can be a little bit tricky at times, and a lot of these kids aren't crossover athletes. They're yeah. doing no other sports. I've got like two kids that do. And they're the best athletes that I have, funny enough. Like they play lacrosse, they play golf, they play or they played football. But, I, you know, sometimes it can be quick just to specialize. Yeah, definitely. I, I know the people I randomly talk to online, like on Instagram, I've never met before. I'll talk to, you know, people anywhere from like high school to through like amateur. A lot of the high school kids online that I just randomly talk to don't get it. They're like, oh, yeah, some trainer gave me like eight stretches that I can do to help like loosen up my body for my golf swing. And I'm like, well, if that's all you're doing, you're getting left in the dust because kids all around, you know, kids, at least in this area, are all getting it after in the weight room. Yeah. Uh oh, did Jackson freeze? Either that or he's going mute. Uh oh. All right, we're backing at it. We had a uh, little explosion here down in Florida, and all of a sudden, my whole computer just decided to go black. So now that we are back at it, seeing as I just discussed briefly kind of how I got into golf, which was a little bit different, Kevin, you also did not start in golf. You were kind of football and like rugby, right? Where, where did you come from? <laughs> I'm from Natick, Mass. But, uh, I mean, I owned a set of clubs growing up. Um, we played every once in a while, but it wasn't a, a big focus. It was something you did when you weren't playing baseball and football season hadn't started yet. So that's basically it for my golf background, um, pre, pre-college. Um, then after that, I, I specialized in fitness. I thought, you know, football, I thought something else. I didn't know where I was going to go, what sport I was going to end up doing. Um, at that point in time, nobody was really pushing for you to, specialize in a sport at any point uh at least through any of the education i had gone through then once i got out of um college i did uh instead of the graduate route i decided to go and do a ton of internships so i was coaching from the age of 19 almost full-time uh, starting at 19 and then ended up getting an internship after college at exos performance in gulf breeze florida from there uh went to I went to the hockey world at Northeastern. That was awesome. Uh, there's a giant crossover from the hockey world um, directly to golf because a lot of hockey players also happen to play golf in the offseason. So it's a pretty easy correlation. It's pretty uh, close dynamic for recruitment as far as shots and, and things like that, increasing speed. And then uh, right when I figured out I liked the college hockey world, we went on a losing streak. and. God, is that horrible. The atmosphere was terrible. Everybody wanted to kill each other. I was an unpaid intern, basically paying money to park in Boston. I was in the minus every day. I was like, I should get a real job. So I started working as a 
as a strength and conditioning coach in the private sector. And my first few clients happened to also play golf. So they were my guinea pigs. And one of them is still with me to this day. So uh, he gets mad every year when if I get like a golf digest nomination or an article comes out, he just begs me not to raise my rates again. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell him I won't do it inside the year. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, with this most recent nomination, he's in Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, he just told me not to go to the rate at the, the Sea Island, Georgia strength conditioning coaches. He's like $480 Dude. for an evaluation. I saw on that top 50 list, I, I looked at it today. I was like, holy crap. How, like, how are these people charging these rates? I, I, I just told them to dig in to find out what comes from a $480 evaluation. I assume there's going to be you know, some TrackMan numbers. There's going to be some speed stick numbers. There's going to be some force plate numbers. But that is it's an, an astronomical amount of money for a eval. And I pray to one day be there. <laughs> you'd be amazed man it's all if yeah, people find value crazy. in something they pay a lot of money for it i mean i just some of the people that i work with i look at some of the stuff they buy and it's all like when you're talking about like what your cost you're like i remember i had some i had a guy who was like oh that's what you charge per month it's like that's a lot for remote coaching i was like yeah it's like and why do you look at it that way i was like what what do you spend money on per month I was like, you know, and that was that was a while back now. But one of the things that I've gotten into from a coaching perspective, business perspective, if someone says, you know, they don't want to do this or, you know, it's not worth it to them. In my mind, it's not that they're being cheap or they don't want to do it. It's that I didn't express the value of what I'm doing enough to them. Right. When I look at it that way, it's on me as opposed to on them, because a lot of people are going to up and leave and do whatever they want to do. I didn't show them enough value and thus they didn't want to continue a lot of these people that charge high rates for certain things, they're like, hey, my value is extremely high. And that's that's just the way that they look at it. So you could charge a lot of money for a lot of things. I mean, people, people spend on cars and what they spend on certain dinners and all this kind of stuff. They find value in it. They'll spend money on it. Yeah, I, I got a talking to from uh, Greg Rose at uh, TPI uh, regarding my rates. He had uh basically there's probably 50 golf professionals or fitness or uh, physios or pts in the room and of the 50 he kind of went down a list raise your hand this raise your hand that and at the end there was a few or there was only three people two people with their hands still up i was one of them and another woman who had the certifications he listed off golf digest this and that and he yelled at me because if i don't raise my rates, the people below me can't follow. And it's basically, you know, he was being dramatic, but he was saying it was my fault. So we came back from that conference in uh, 2022, the rates at rotational power strength went up. Shocking. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to charge them for the outcome, right? Sell the outcome, charge them for the outcome. Yeah, well, we are yet to be let down. I have, uh, I do not have anybody who has not increased their club head speed or played with, played with pain continuously. I, I'm yet to see that, and if I do see it, I, I try to fix it faster than anything in the world. So there has been a, you know, a few outliers that get a little sticky closer to where they should be seeing higher numbers, and at that point in time, it's just I found it to be a lot of the fact that they're trying to use their new strength and their new power. And their, we're not addressing your swing flaws. And that's why I work in a facility that I have three to access to three to four swing coaches and point them in the right direction. Yeah. Definitely. And I think so, because we have so many people listen to this that are not strength coaches, like we don't, everyone listening to this for the most part is a golfer. And so one of the important things that everyone listening to this should take note of is that guys like Duffy and me and Tim, our job is to provide you all of the knowledge necessary to optimize your performance on and off the golf course. That includes rehab. That includes strength. That includes your power. Obviously we want you to play better golf. We want you to hit the ball further. We want you to do all of those things, but you have to remember that you are investing in something that's very long-term, right? I work with a lot of very old golfers remotely that are between 75 and 90 years old. And one of the biggest things that I see in them is that they are able to play better golf 
walk 18 holes, which is insane for an 86 year old person to say they are doing. And they're doing it at a high level because they're investing in their health now, right? We get to talk about the performance aspects and hit the ball further and all this stuff, which is awesome. That's what we want. But our job is to make you a better athlete, which is who's the guy, uh, Bowerman or something like that. If you have a body, you're an athlete. Like everybody is an athlete. You have a body, you can be athletic. We want to develop that across time. And based on where you are, like a lot of us are working with youth athletes. They have goals and aspirations to be on the tour, get to the corn ferry and go from there. We're going to train them maybe a little bit differently, but it all revolves around the fact that your individual performance is our goal. We want you to be able to perform now, perform in 10 years and perform when you're 90 years old. Like I've got guys now where I'm like, it's so fucking cool that you are 86 years old, walking 18 holes, scoring your age or less. That's awesome. And you get after it in the gym three days a week. Like that should be something that I think people want to see. And that's what we do as coaches. That's what Duffy does up north in an amazing way. And that's, you know, that's our ultimate goal. Do you agree with that, Kevin? Is that something that kind of fits your mold? Yeah, I, I would say um, the, the pieces that we put online that are flashy are probably the 5% that I coach. And 95% yeah. of the people I coach are everyday golfers. Personally, and I, I don't even... I don't even try to beat around the bush. I say, hey, yeah, I mean, I, I coach kids that are playing Division One golf. That's a lot of fun. It's fun to see them do stuff. But honestly, it, it is a little boring because they're not going to screw up very often. They take directions yeah. very well. They move fluently. And every once in a while, I can't to tweak a little 1% here and a 1% there. But my biggest joy, like yesterday I took uh, an older, not an older gentleman. I'll call him, let's say he's 52, right? So middle age wants to play better and all i did yesterday was teach him how to hip hinge he addressed the ball two seconds later and he felt better so he's going to be making leaps and bounds faster than he ever thought he would and and one of my favorite stories is my client came to me and he said hey i want to play i want to play better golf at this point in time in his life he was the president at the country club golf was his life all this all that he was 65 to 85 pounds overweight at that point in time, he wanted to play. He didn't want to warm up. Breaking news, right? He didn't move Shocker. well. He didn't want to warm up because he sucked at it. All he wanted to do was strength train, and he got winded during the warm up. Lost balance twice. Couldn't do any type of internal external rotation of the hip. I didn't even take him through an eval. I was like, "This isn't gonna. You're not gonna pass that damn thing." He now hits the ball very well. His quality of life has gone sky high. He's lost 85 pounds, and yeah. He built a home gym. I no longer see him in person. I just type away, send him a program. He invites me over for drinks sometime. He's my he's like one of my favorite clients, and he doesn't give a damn about his golf game. He came to me for golf. He stayed with me because his life improved. So that's yeah. my favorite client. Granted, it is cool that we've got LPJ clients or Corn, for, Corn, Corn Ferry, and then we've got college golfers, but that's my favorite dude, the guy who – couldn't play without pain and now has two t-shirts sized down. So sure. Yeah, the, sure. The cool people are fun, but that's not, uh, that's not my bread and butter. No, that's the best because I think a lot of uh, adults, unfortunately, like you get caught up in working or whatever. Right. And then you just kind of lose any kind of like play or movement in your life. Right. Like you think about growing up, I don't know about you guys, but like always doing something right. Like oh. always, there are always kids around the neighborhood, even through like high school, you're just like always playing a sport, doing something. Then you hit like after college and it's like, well, you don't necessarily have to do that. We all have friends that play in like leagues, right? Like hockey leagues and basketball leagues, or you have your weekly golf league, but like doing, just doing stuff on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in the gym, just to move around and, you know, make yourself better. That's, I mean, that's life changing right there. Well, you have to remember too, that you know, when we're talking about, some of the issues that I see, especially with how golf is or golf performance is pushed out to the world is that everything we see is flash and it's all what the PGA tour guys are doing. And that's one of the conversations I have with a lot of my clients is just because they do X doesn't mean you should do X. And then you do X and then you're like, man, I'm telling you what, I am so sore. This hurts. That hurts. I'm like, yeah. When's the last time that you've jumped? And then yeah. you decided to do a full plyometric workout and then try to back squat, which you've never learned how to do. Like, it's just getting people to understand that what you see on TV is the 0.02%. 
of golfers in the world. And even half the shit they're doing, I'm like scratching my head at, which I think all of us can agree on in some facet or another. If I see another BOSU ball, I'm throwing it into <laughs> the closest alligator I can find. Yeah. But there's just a lot of stuff that you see and you're like, man, this is this doesn't apply to my 60-year-old who's never walked nine holes. I saw uh, an MLB player, can't remember the name, for the Padres, taking swings with two feet on a BOSU ball. Um, one, sorry, two Bosu balls, one foot each, and the caption underneath was like some hitting guru, doctor, blah blah blah. What I don't probably not. Sorry, not a doctor. Um, it, it was. He's like, yeah, you know, this works in the stability because afterwards, when you get out of there, you feel really stuck into the ground because you're not on a Bosu ball. The only piece that I somewhat could have justified. Hold on, don't jump down my throat. That he got rid of one ball, pushed through the back foot on one Bosu ball, almost like a step through drill off the Bosu ball onto solid ground and then swung. I was like, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a little there, but like silliness. Like, sure, you feel more yeah. stable when you're not on a Bosu ball. Great. But what Bosu ball has done a great job of doing, we're always have their name in our mouth. I know you do. So they so. are doing so good at marketing. Good job, boys or girls, whoever sells that. Whoever it is. Like Val slides. Val slides instead of furniture slides. Eight cents versus 28 bucks. Starbucks coffee versus a regular coffee from any other place. Not as good. Hey, fun fact. Do you know that Kirkland's coffee, Costco's coffee, is almost identical to Starbucks coffee? Fun fact. Wow. Fun fact. Only know I mean, that because one of my one of my clients worked for, I think it was Kraft when Kraft like owned some kind of coffee thing, and he was like at the distribution at the distribution line. It's just like Kirkland right next to it. Starbucks looks awfully a lot like the same beans. Oops. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm I'm such a snob with coffee now. Tim will tell you. I made him a made him a cold what a cold brew yesterday or something. Yeah, it was and, fantastic. Yeah, it's I I've become a full-blown coffee snob because I put the very expensive coffee maker on our, our wedding registry and that was a very smart that's decision. That's what we've got. We've got the Philips 5200 sitting out there. It's the greatest thing I've ever purchased in my life. Yeah, I got a Breville with the hopper with the Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Now you're talking. Now you're, Tim, come on. Come to the dark side, baby. I'm feeling left out. I have a $20 uh, Mr. Coffee machine. Dude, come on. I'm paying you well enough. Sacrilegious. And get a subscription to Black Rifle Coffee. Do those two things. Can do, I can do that. I have another veteran-owned. I, I buy from Alpha Coffee Company. I, I like yep. that. Yeah. All about it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to look at how the stocks do here for Black Rifle. They just went public. Yeah. Oh. I'm a, I'm a hold off. I don't think that's going to. I'm away. I'm a, I'm away. I'm going to see what happens, but I would love to see that. We're going to Savannah next weekend for patties, which God bless us both, but they've got one of their hubs up there, which is like their little combination of like their store with nine line apparel. I'm, I'm pretty excited to go up there and just ravage a bunch of coffee and clothes. Sounds excellent to me. Fair enough point. So, Quick, so Kevin, something that I like to ask people, we asked this to like Alex Eller, the golf physiologist, when he was on here, and we've asked a couple other people, what do you see as the biggest gap or the biggest issue in golf performance right now as we stand? Like biggest issue or biggest thing you wish people were talking about uh, or something people aren't doing enough of or doing too much of? You know, what do you see as that thing right now in golf performance? Well, I'm on two kicks right now. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about that and then I'll kind of circle back. So my two kicks is the wrong shoe wear for what your player needs, for what they're using. So generally, somebody who has, and you guys can probably speak to this a little bit better than I do, but somebody who's got a lack of ankle flexibility, they may need a softer shoe to make it easier for their foot to move, whereas most of my kids or somebody with a higher club head speed or who lacks stability will need a firmer shoe. So a lot of people are kind of picking the wrong shoes. That's not my biggest you know, piece of topic. But uh, the biggest gap I'm seeing is that we're pretending like it's more important for the male golfer to train rather than the female golfer to train. 
Whereas in my experience, I would say it's flipped. I would say it's more important and the, the lady golfers who are training can separate themselves greater than the men who are training or aren't training. Some guys can kind of get away with it for at some period of time. Eventually somebody will surpass them, but there are kids that we know that are just going to be tall and lanky and probably develop back pain who aren't training. And there are men who are going to get by with whatever club head speed that they're going to create. Whereas the female golfers aren't making it as much of a priority with kind of the exception of, I got some pretty good female golfers that train at, at the gym and Tim can attest to this too, but we are on a mission at RPS to make uh, our lady golfers very, very damn strong and swing the club very damn hard. So I think that's one of the most obvious things to address. Uh, but in the in the realm of the fitness field, too much exercise looks golfy, which shouldn't. Uh, I am doing a little Preach. bit. Preach. Yeah. I'm doing a little bit more of a job of saying, hey, this is split stance and you're doing a push down and here's why it's like impact position. I'm doing a little bit more of explaining my my thought process there to my clients so that, you know, just to get a little bit more buy-in. However, like a deadlift looks like neutral spine posture and that is why we do it is that's it. It's, there's no, we're just going to keep doing that because it's very important. So I live by the, the theory that doing the simple things savagely well produces uncommon results. So that's where we live and that's how we die. So that's what we're, that's what we're going with. I make no arguments with any of that. I think that's one of the biggest gaps we have right now is to your point, you know, women aren't training nearly as much as they should. I'm actually my, one of my favorite clients is 13 years old. She lives up in Maryland, just won a tournament this past weekend in Orlando, which was super awesome. Hell yeah. But it has been so, I, I think of this actually too, because my little sister never trained. She is a stick. You know, she might've weighed 30 pounds soaking wet, but she's all of six feet tall, super tall. But when she started training, when she started working out and for me, it's the demeanor. It's the feeling that, Hey, I'm strong. Like, Hey, I deadlifted my body weight today. I'm like, damn right. Like, that's so cool. Like when I look at my little girl up in Maryland, like seeing her change, like her vertical jump now. Like, you know how typically you always see like my knees touch and then I jump, my knees touch and then I jump. Now she's like being explosive, landing in like an athletic position. And she'll tell me all the time. She's like, I feel so much stronger and empowered. Like, I feel like, wow, like I can do anything. I'm hitting the ball further. I'm doing this and that. I think it's just so much more thrilling when I hear that from, from a female to your point. And I think that there is a gap a little bit in like how we're training them and or not in how we're training them, but in how that's looked at. I think it's changing now because you've got the Kelly Nordas of the world that are having all their videos come out from the Joey D land of Jupiter. And I think that that's probably making some kind of influence. Um, and I know I've heard from a lot of kids that they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to start doing that or I want to do this, but I do think that is missing. Tim, are you, are you seeing that? Yeah. I mean, I think if you would ask any of those, um, like the quarters or anything, they would say like, that's the 5% that we're doing, right? It's just what looks cool and gets like likes and views. But if you, I think if you really sat down with any of the pros that are posting stuff, like some of the stuff JT posts, I'm like, eh, would I ever do that with anyone? No. But like, that's probably the like 1% of what he's doing that week. He probably already deadlifted, already squatted, was already doing like, you know, rows and stuff. If I bet if you sat down with any of them, they would say, yeah, I'm doing, I'm obviously doing other stuff. Yeah. Jax, like me and Tim kind of argued about this the other day. Cause he was, he made a post on, you know, basically anti JT's training. And I was like, dude, you know, you know, better, you know, he's just posting the things that are sexy or look cool. Like I know that because I just shot a video for golf digest and I picked exercise in this order won't get you hurt because I still have a conscious looks cool. All right. And then will produce results. That was my order. When I, when I not flipped, <laughs> won't hurt you looks cool on film and photo and, and will produce results. That was the most important priority. I picked a single leg squat to box because it would be able to like show a hip hinge and whatever. And I pulled a crossbody row instead of a standing row because it looked cooler on, on the photo. 
So when Tim was like doing his little mashup, I was like, oh, Tim, he was like, can I put this on on the RPS page? I was like, yeah. All right. Oh, oh, deleted. Tim, <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Dude, I've got, I've got some people in my DMs that are hot. And it's, I don't know. It's just part of, part of life. Your shots. Yeah. 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 Shots I like are- it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, listen, uh, to me, I don't know what the, I don't know how a lot of them fully train because a lot, you don't really know what their programs are, but I can tell you that the few pros that I've seen their programs, 50% is garbage. Like a shit wow, ton of I'm time. A sh- and here's what I mean by that. Let me, I'm going to use, I'm going to refrain the word garbage. 50% is time spent doing things that could be elsewhere in my mind. Right. Are they doing so, it just because they need observation, you believe? I don't know. I, I Again, I am uncertain of this. It's just when I see things that I'm like, okay, you spent nearly 25 minutes doing rotational movements, right? That were weighted or various weighted. You were on an you were unstable surface training for like half of your session today. That's not really moving the needle in the direction. Again, I say this to clients all the time. Like you can go to the gym and do a whole host of things and it probably won't make you any worse. And it might make you a little bit better because at least you're training, right? But is it optimized training? When you're talking about people trying to do the best things they can do to get better, right? Like maybe, you know, squatting for them, they can do and it's okay. Or they're like wall sitting or something. But is it the best thing they could be doing? So I think a lot of times our energy is put to things that aren't as good as it could be. It's the way I would look at like, hey, foam rolled for 15 minutes. There's probably 20 other things that we could be doing that would be a better use of time than 15 minutes of foam rolling, right? Just as a, from a, we have a limited amount of time that you can perform. And so if I have 45 minutes and I spent 15 of it on something that's really not of great use, I'm wasting your time. And from a conscience perspective, I just can't get on board with that. And that might not be everybody. I'm, I'm just saying that I think that that's too common. Yeah, I think that um, when I talk to um, the strength coaches that are on tour or in the, in the trailer, they're trying to balance so much because that, that top level player so that when I, I do jump in the mud every once in a while to like, you know, I think I got in a, I wouldn't even call it an argument. I made a comment on a left-handed swing speed stick argument versus a non and whatever. Um, but I think that when we criticize other coaches in our field about doing it, they, we have to remember that number one, that's that player is tied in, unfortunately, a lot to their identity and their success. So if their player says, Hey man, I don't want to do a single leg deadlift again. Um, I saw this cool thing. Can we try it more likely than not? You're going to let them go. and You're going to let them do it. And, if it's their phone and they want you to film it or whatever it is, they're going to do it. But the best thing that you can think about it that I've heard is I was talking to Jason Glass. He said, Hey Duff, when you do work with a tour player, you know, if I do call you or if, if anybody asks you to fill in and work with them, you have to work every session. Like it's going to be your last session with them. So when you go in with that mindset of it's going to be my last session with this top level player, that'll probably get the most out of that that outcome in that session a little bit differently. And and it it also, you could run into the fact that if you're seeing a top level player all the time, it could become redundant. Like today I was very irritated by the golf digest stuff that I wasn't able to post because I did eight clients in a row. I may have taken advantage of the fact that I see this guy all the time and I know that it's what he's doing. And I am still beating myself up about like, I wasn't really attentive for those five minutes during the session when I got that email, which Granted, he was happy for me, whatever. But that it's not going to happen where it would be my first tour player, right? But if it's your 25th tour player that week, you could you could definitely run over and be laps on some of those things. So that's why I don't really jump too much to conclusions to jump at anybody. And I don't know. It's it, I'm more likely to ask them a question privately in a DM, which I do now. And it's, it's actually – they receive stuff like that well. Hey, coach, feedback on this? Just wondering. Uh, if you jump in their comments and rip them apart, they don't love you. <laughs> it's true. No, I don't think you have to rip people apart. I, no. I think for me, it's just as a general statement, 
a lot of people struggle with changing things. I'm going to put this as like a general strength and conditioning coach thing. Like I've talked to coaches who are like, no, it's just not the way I do it. That's not the way we do things. We don't do it like that. It's not, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to continue to do it. And that's, yeah, that's, it's joking. This is how we always do it. And this is how I've always done it. I have like an allergic, I'm getting hives. I swear to God. I can't. It's just red, just red hair. It's just red hair. No, no, no. It trickles down when I hear that saying. It just starts to spread and I just get so irritated. I have, I have like a, I, I, I never tear coaches apart in front of athletes, but I almost just shredded this coach that I used to work with because his answer was, well, this is how I always do it. And my only response was not, it was edited in my mind was, do you think that will get you the best outcome currently? That's all I said. But his athlete was like, I, I can't. I'm allergic to that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> this is how we always do it? No, I'm, I'm okay with tearing people up. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was yeah, like, no, that's no, not here. <laughs> no, deuces. Good talk. No, I, th- I think it's important that we're able to have uncomfortable conversations with other coaches and with clients about certain things. I mean, obviously you have to skew it to your point, which is well taken. You do have to skew it to your client a little bit, especially if it's a touring pro and you're like, Hey, I want to do this. And you're like, okay, like we'll sprinkle in a little bit of this. You're still going to do all this stuff over here because it's important, but yeah, let's add in a little bit of this. Um, But a lot of times people are just kind of, they're so standoffish with stuff where it's like, Oh yeah, just that's totally fine. And again, if it's not your client, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But I always feel, especially in our field, like PT, there's so much crap out there, like just bad, non-scientific, non-research-based, just not good stuff. Do you mean fillers? Do you mean fillers or or do you guys mean just like this is uh, the wrong? So I'm a general weakness in my coaching game. This is why I hire people that are smarter than me, like Tim, is I have – I'm not sure in the physical therapy realm what's a make you feel good and what's a produce long results. So when you say crap, do you mean fillers or do you mean just this is not proven to be most effective? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot lot of shit, dude. We still ultrasound people. There are and, still- and it does nothing. There's like there's stuff that there's literally there's solid research in the top journals that's like this does nothing, and people use it nonstop and say it whatever. Like the 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 uh, rock inside the ultrasound machine is a magical stone, and it's gonna fucking heal your heal your ligament. It's like that doesn't work like that. Uh, to be totally fair, the PT and strength world should it should only be combined. I do not see yeah. them as being separate things in any it's way, just, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just a spectrum. We're just, just a on, spectrum. Yeah, we're on one end of the spectrum where we're doing what you're doing with people in pain currently and making that transition as fast as we can to like exactly what you're doing. You know? And you guys have more student loans. Oh, that's <laughs> that that's a very that's a low blow, my man. Hit me right in the ball sack. <laughs> I yeah. I was thinking about PT school. And nope. then um, I, I, I luckily, luckily for me, I did terribly in chemistry. And I was told that I would need to take chemistry in college in order to go to PT school after college. And I said, nope. See ya. I'm bad at memorization and test taking. It's very, very low. If, if it's a verbal exam or if it's a, it's a presentation or if it's a walk into the classroom, talk to 50 people about a subject you learned five minutes ago in the hallway, I will pass. If it's sit down, memorize, mem- memorize, <laughs> memorize. <laughs> See, boys, new words. There's some, good, there's some new words. Memorize new words. the chemistry chart and then present it. The presentation will, if, if it's good, maybe my grade will come up, but. You ever you ever hear the uh, Carl Malone interview when he just came out of high school and they're like, Carl, you're going to go to the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you going to college? He's like, I don't need no education. <laughs> <laughs> that just popped up the head. I don't know why. I love it. Uh, it's it's one true. of my favorite clips on the internet. Yeah, I, I chose four internships instead of graduate school. Phenomenal decision. Dude, I mean, internships is where it's at, right? That's where the work experience is. I know every year of college I did, I worked a an internship at a company 
that was just like, yeah, you know, I'm just working. I'm not doing random bullshit. Yeah, I've I learned so much about it. I also yeah. learned pretty, pretty quickly that the college strength and conditioning field was not the solution to any financial decision. Yeah. Unless I was cool with moving all the time and trying to make it to like the Big Ten or Top. SEC and, and move a, a lot. And I don't like moving. Uh, I sure as hell don't love travel that much. And yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like job insecurity either. <laughs> yeah, and I think we have in PT specifically, we have such a convoluted view of what we do and what we, what our value is, as as like a whole. And so we've put our value into all of these modalities and having to use our hands and all of this manual therapy stuff. And without any of that stuff, we're so I remember talking to a buddy about this because when when I had shifted into basically being almost full time remote, like I don't see anybody in person. Maybe an eval yeah. at their house if they're local. You don't see anybody. And I'm a PT. Well, PTs, you're supposed to touch people and you're supposed to do different manipulations. And how can you help people if you're not doing that? And it all, it's almost like so I'm either a glorified massage therapist. And he asked me, he was like, so you're just like a personal trainer. And I'm like, whoa, no. That's not what we are. Like we're strength coaches that have a high level of understanding of physiology and pathophysiology, disease, injuries, how to handle them. But that doesn't mean that I have to do a bunch of nonsense in-person stuff to make them feel better. Like I have clients that don't live in this country. They're in Australia and Norway and Britain. And I help them with their injuries. I just picked up a guy today that lives out in San Diego. I was telling Tim had like a fifth degree separation of his AC joint or third degree separation of his AC joint. Thing is like he's floating in the air. Floating. Flo Dude, his x-ray is gnarly. Like his clavicle is just like, <laughs> or excuse me, his AC joint. It's, oh, it's gross. But anyways, like you can help people from anywhere that you are. You don't have to be there in person. And like PT, it's one of the reasons I like working or obviously in you guys situation, like working with guys like Duffy where you can get together with a strength coach and just go back and forth with each other, but you're using the same language. You know, there might be some things like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this injury and how do they get back? And I'm like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I like the way you said that, but you're, you're, you're accomplishing the same goal. Like this isn't a dick measuring contest. Tim, you should tell, uh, you should tell Jackson what I said on your, was it first or second day? Oh yeah. No, the first, yeah, there's one, the, I think one of the first days I was there, uh, someone was doing like a lunge and their knee was collapsing. So I was like, Hey, push out into my hand. And she was like, all right, fine. He was like, just tr try not to put your hands on people without like asking them questions. I was like, dude, that's my instant reaction. I was like, like, I'm got, I'm guiding movement. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing here. with my hands. I was like, come here. Come here. <laughs> you're about to, you're about to, I got a strict rule in this gym. Don't <laughs> touch unless you ask three times, get a written permission slip. I was like, no. I don't know if you know this about the personal training clientele. I was like, but personal trainers, thanks, Scott, I'm, I'm a strength coach, do not have a fantastic reputation. You ask 20 times before you touch anybody. And Tim was like, so, that's what I do. I was like, not anymore. Not here. <laughs> the loans were worth it. We can just <laughs> touch people whenever we <laughs> <laughs> Nope. I'm like, they're like, you've been coaching me for 10 years, Kevin. Stop asking if you can give me a physical, uh, physical yeah, you can touch my shoulder you can touch my shoulder jesus yes Christ. I, I i don't have anybody that says no but i just like <laughs> it's my it's my personal rule like i'm asking i'm asking you for the 100th time yeah can i so can i move your shoulder back the, like, best, the best description of this i've so the the reason why i just like go and touch people one of uh one of the coaches, you remember Andrea from the Honey Badger, right, Jackson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she always says, like, if you're going to ask someone a question, like, if you go to the doctor, if, like, you went to the doctor today, if they were like, hey, poop in this cup, right? Or they were like, hey, man, this is kind of weird, but, like, I don't know, if you don't mind, can you just, like, poop in this cup and then whatever, I'll take it and test it? Like, which one sounds weirder? The second one. Definitely. So you just do it. So you just do it. It's like, hey, this is what you got to do. So the same thing. I'm just like, hey, your knee needs to go right here. Hit my hand. Difference being is that you're not liable. That's true. Like <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't like grab your ass and be like, hey, I need you to poop in this cup. <laughs> yeah, get in here. Like little, get in here. little, little different. Like 
This is definitely different. Gloves. Let's see what happens. See, how, I, how did we get on this side? Yeah, of this sorry, side? I just took us took, took a left turn. It's fine. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. People like it. They like it. They don't like it. I don't know. Go listen to Joe Rogan, what you're doing already. Anyway. The, uh, the conversation came up recently when I was um, someone was asking how I ended up doing some of the golf digest stuff, and I told them that I was presenting two or three videos uh, towards you know fellow strength coach, and then I showed the GM at the country club which videos he thought I should submit. He picked the one that was obviously more buttoned up and a little bit cleaner, high, you know, very clear and concise. And then I automatically deleted that one, sent in the one where I was like, yo, coach Kevin Duffy here. Da, da, da. And then I sent in that one and that's the one who got selected. So I'm glad I, I'm not the one who knows, you know, keeps it buttoned up, but the, the GM golf world and the golf fitness world are, are different for a reason. And they're changing quick, in my opinion. I think you are getting, like a lot of my clients, I certainly don't come across as prim and proper, so to speak. Like we're pretty candid and they end up being candid back. Like they're, they're, I think a lot of that, like, so I know at the country clubs that I've been in, especially down here, like you have this upper level of people that are essentially dying and leaving the club that had like a very specific way. So like the board members who are like, Hey, like, this is the way we do things here. We don't like this. You know, it's the same thing with clubs where like everybody's in dress whites. Like if you play tennis, you're in your whites. Like that's just like their, it's their history of things. But now we're like, Hey, let's wear hoodies. When we play golf, we've got some music like that is creeping its way even into people that are a little bit older. And I think that that's really good for the golf performance world. I think that's almost a great thing because it's not, it's not super like prim and proper and okay, we're going to like lift little weights and we're going to work on our flexibility. And you're like, no, we're going to sweat and do some like roof and elevated split squats and like break some stuff. And people are like, you know what? I can get down with that. Like it's becoming more acceptable and it's not so like taboo almost. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't think when the country club hired me, they thought, that I would be playing uh, 90s hip hop and Rage Against the Machine, but that's what they got. So that's what they got. Uh, Tim, did I send you the video of uh, like Disturbed by oh, yes. Spice Girls? Yes. Did you oh, send man. that to Kev? Dude, no. definitely, you got to yeah. see this. You saw it? Oh, yeah. so far. So just a banger. Fantastic. Just an absolute oh, banger. I, I that's, just... that's the original version. It's the original version. I can't get the kids. I'm trying to convert the high school kids to working out with more of like, not we get intent and they work hard, but I'm like, they're, they're not hitting that old school 50 cent Rob Steele and bench press type of vibe that I yeah. had back in high school. Uh, yeah. Sure. So, so I'm, I'm trying to like slip in some, like, there's no way I'm going to get a slip knot in there, but I might get a rage or there there's go. no way. I'm going to get like uh, disturbed. I might get away with like, uh, no, no, not disturbed. Um, down, no, down with the sickness is disturbed, right? Yeah, that's yeah. disturbed. Yeah. You could throw like yeah. a little, you could throw some like Linkin Park, like old yeah, school. Yeah, Linkin, Linkin Park, Park, like Paper Papa Roach. You could throw yeah, Paper Roach in there. I slipped in, this kid was deadlifting and it was like, Kendrick, I like Kendrick Lamar. It was good. But I was like, hold on, can't deadlift this song. Because he had, not double body weight, but uh, you know he's he's hilarious. He started out with I'm not joking, ten pound plate across chest, learning hip hinge. He he just deadlifted two twelve or two two twenty yesterday. Awesome. And I was like, awesome. I was like, but can't do it to this song. <laughs> and I switched it to uh, coming on. Oh, corn. There you go. Corn is classic. Corn corn and Slipknot are awfully comparable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're close. I mean, I was like, you, I mean, but like their music is comparable. Like one of the deadlift was over and people were like, coach, can we go back to. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. If Juggalos listen to it, it's got to be acceptable, right? I mean, oh, I'm out on Juggalos. They're weird. (laughs) (laughs) What was your go to? If you had a go to song to like deadlift or squat to, what would it be? Uh, my deadlift in high school and college was trash. I don't. I, my form there was not good. I didn't have great coaching in in that regard. I didn't learn good deadlifting till well later. Um, All right, what were you listening to? Squat. Yeah. I PR'd squat five hundred pounds for three, and I was listening to 
I think it was uh, I think it was corn. It was either or no, it was Rage Against the Machine, born born of a broken man. There we go. Okay. All right. Thank Tim. You. Tim. I don't know, dude. I let, I listen to a lot of uh like tool and uh tool. fucking I mean I I rock Lincoln Park in the gym too. So those are All those day. are probably the two. You guys missed a great you, you did mention Slipknot, but duality by Slipknot is the jam. It's a good one. It's definitely the a good jam. one. I just built a weight room in my basement, so I'm sure I'll bring them back up. Oh yeah. Yeah, you'll have you'll have plenty of time to experiment. You gotta have you gotta have all of those just just rampaging. But now it's all, I mean, which this includes myself, you've got like these like heavy EDM influences with all kids today, outside of like heavy rap music. So there's gonna be a mix of some of those things. I can remember like my best deadlift ever was to a bass nectar song. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact. Deep House, was... like Tony Gentlecore. When no, not not Deep loves... House. I don't know. Base if actor, okay. But he All does, right. yes. When Skrillex meet, met Rick Ross, I was like, this is great. I know. So I mean then, sometimes purple, it just happens. Hey, song's called Purple Lamborghini. You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> well, Skrillex did something with corn too. Yep. There you go. It's very talented. Uh, it's a very weird little man, but he can he can scratch some records. Very odd, very odd. But yeah, that's all good. For anybody listening to this who is over the age of 40, you have no idea what we just said. And you should go look up Skrillex and then never listen to us again. <laughs> no, they, look dude. up the Rick Ross Purple Lamborghini um, YouTube video. That they'll definitely not be creeped out. Maybe, maybe we'll end with this. This guy last week, uh, was we listened to a lot of 90s hip hop, right? So I was listening. I had like Dr. Dre, Snoop, and... This uh, he's probably 60s. This guy just goes, you know, I got to admit, I don't listen to a lot of this stuff, but I don't see why Joe Rogan's canceled if these guys said this. <laughs> I was just like, well, <laughs> that's we're it. Done. My we're job, done. get out. Like, what a guy. What a comment. I think, I think Rogan, Rogan and Chappelle are uncancelable, but people, oh, will keep, people will keep trying and keep losing. Definitely. As they definitely. should. Definitely. They should a hundred percent lose and lose hey, hard, and then fun. get told they're idiots for losing. All right, I'm not, I'm not even gonna get onto the soapbox. I'm gonna get fired up here before I gotta go work out now. I don't want to get this jacked up before I gotta go. I'm getting mad. It might Purple be a good thing. Who knows? Purple Lamborghini is gonna get me fired up. I do have to go deadlift, so see how that goes. Test it out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test it. I'm probably gonna laugh the whole time. All right. Well, we got to get Duffy back on and we'll talk shop because today I think was an intro. Now that we're working together, we'll have to get you on like maybe on a regular schedule and uh, we can talk some shop. Yeah, cool. Get me a golf strong uh, hat and you got a deal. Oh, we just got new towel. You just got some towels, right? I did. I did. I just ordered some towels. I got all sorts of swagoo coming in. I bought got... Tim my t-shirts. I didn't, I didn't, Tim didn't take down your shirt size. So that's, you're right. That's Tim's fault. So that he is owes me. you a t-shirt. It's probably aunt. a little, probably a little bigger than Tim's. <laughs> just a touch, just just small, small touch, small, not a lot, not a lot. Tim's getting swole. Tim's getting, getting swole. Big. The last last podcast we talked about what he weighed in high school, and I was terrified. I'm Dude. close to what I weighed in high school now. Ooh, I'm way up. Let's just say I am way up. <laughs> I, you only I have got, one way to go. I got way up. And then the coach told me if I didn't increase my speed, I was going to play DN. Yeah, right Jugo, Jugo cannonball style, like you just gained weight everywhere. No, 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 not not. So I didn't gain weight in a bad way. I was. You just got too big. Jacked, giant. I never met a bench press or a chicken breast. Your boy did not like. I was two hundred and twenty-eight pounds, but five foot ten, and I was supposed to play outside linebacker, <laughs> not inside linebacker. And our coach loved our inside linebacker, and he was damn good. So he was like, Duff, you're fast still, but you're not covering a 160-pound wide receiver or a 145-pound scat back. You're, you're going to move to the end. And I said, no, thank you, sir. And I got back down to 205 real quick. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, a, he, that's, a, that's a solid spot. He said, what are you going to do? I said, lose weight. <laughs> Run. Quickly. Quickly. Lose weight, sir. The sauna. The sauna comes in hot with like the sweatsuit. I was a wrestler, so we know how to do it. Ah, that's very true. Hence the cauliflower ear. Yeah. 
And I digress. Everybody, this was super fun. We're going to bring Coach Duffy back probably 100 times moving forward because he's fun and we like him. And Tim is betrothed to him, so that helps, I suppose. Yeah. We like it. As always, Jackson at Golfstrong, Tim at Golfstrong. Kevin, how do people find out about you? Uh, Coach Kevin Duffy at Gmail or every other social media platforms, also at Coach Kevin Duffy. It's as fancy as that. Rotational power systems. Strength. Strength. Oh, rotational power strength. God. There we go. Hey, um, listen, I, I have no I have no time for it. But anyways, peace, people. Peace.